here we are <laughs> back on another episode of nerd pastiche we are here on episode 51, 51. i know holy right? crap right we have one more episode to go before the big one year extravaganza mm-hmm. and i don't know why i keep saying big one year extravaganza I, I feel as though if i keep saying extravaganza then there needs to be you know you know red carpets and champagne falling from the heavens and all of that type of stuff yeah i don't have either of those things okay so we'll i guess we'll we'll make shift it we'll come up with something we'll macgyver it it'll be i've got a beige carpet does that count that does not count i mean it's not really fancy but it, we could pretend no that's not gonna work okay Anyway, I am your co-host, Darian. <laughs> and I am your other co-host, Brittany. And we thank you for you loyal listeners who continue to follow and, and let us, you know, you know, curdle in your ears. For all of you, new- what, what happened? Curdle? <laughs> You're welcome for the curdling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Okay, yes, I yes, I use the word curdle, and of course, you you know, I say Ooh. curdle. You're gonna go to spoiled milk. Yes, not, I did. But they're not drinking it, so who cares? Why why not cuddling up, like just snuggling in your ears? No, because if I if I use the word snuggle or curling. Or well, if I use the word snuggle, then that's just going to take me immediately to Animal Crossing, and I don't want to do that. Oh, yay. See, thanks. See Cozy, what I mean? warm feelings. It, it, that's exactly why I want to Much well, nicer <laughs> than curdled feelings. Well the, well, well, the curdling feelings will be warm, too. <laughs> just might be a couple of chunks in there. Anyway, <laughs> and thank you for all of you new people that have somehow magically decided to find us on this wonderful, oh, Welcome sometimes to the wonderful. <laughs> the curdling. <laughs> Sometimes this wonderful thing we call the internet. So if this is your first time listening to us, remember we, well, you don't remember because it might be your first time listening to us. This is starting off in a masterful fashion. You know what? It's we, like we've been doing this for almost a year. <laughs> I know. We're so polished. We we like to engage in a little bit of nonsense. We talk about how it is that we've nerded since the last time we've recorded. We give a recommendation from our nerd cash mm-hmm. of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And then we have a main event of the evening. Indeed. And this is going to be one a special one where we come together and, and, and pool together our ideas and thoughts and see what happens. <laughs> see where see where it takes us. See where it takes us. That's right. This is very, very catcher's catch can, if you will. That's that's <laughs> Wrestlings. Anyway, so Brittany, why don't you tell these fine people how it is? How have you nerded this past week? I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm anxious to find out because, but I know what it's not, so that's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so we've continued to watch Demon Slayer. Oh, yeah. And okay, I have decided it is good. How many episodes did it take for you to feel that way or have that conclusion? So to to fully conclude three. That's your, but that's your, but that's, that's your my baseline. That's always yeah. been my baseline is that three episode try. The first episode kind of wrecked me emotionally. Second episode was kind of like setting you up in the right direction. You starting to understand like where the story is potentially going to go third episode it was like all right now we're getting into the meat of things and this is this is actually really interesting 
And you start meeting more characters and finding out some lore um, of the of the area and kind of the world that they've created for this. And I was just like, yeah, I'm here. I'm in. I'm I'm involved. Like I'm I'm in this. It wasn't like my Hero Academia where I was just like, I am so into this. Like the first episode did was a little like hit you in the feels, but second episode, I was just like, all right, I'm here. I'm in, this is, I'm in like Flynn. We're doing this. This is awesome. I didn't get that feeling, but I understand, like I can appreciate it. It's a very different kind of anime. Like it's not intended to be like that writing that line of action and comedy, which my hero has a lot of comedy bits thrown within just because of the characters. Right. This is a little, there is some comedy as well. Cause I mean, tragedy loves comedy, but it is a little bit more, it's a little heavier of, of an anime, but in, in like a good way, like it's, it's interesting. I'm enjoying it so far. So that was, that was definitely one thing. The other thing that we watched I think I've now watched it three times in four days. Today was the first day that I have not watched it. So June 4th, Raya and the Last Dragon became available on Disney+. Ah. And, of course, I have an almost four-year-old daughter who loves animation so we were like, let's let's do it. Let's sit down. It's it's free. We can finally watch it. Let's do it. So we sat down on the fourth and we watched our way through Raya and the Last Dragon. And then the next day, Mo was like, I want to watch Raya and the Dragon. And I was like, okay. And then yesterday morning, like right before we <laughs> like when we have like 30 minutes before we go, we take her to daycare. She was like, I want to, I want to watch Raya again. And I was like, you don't have enough time to watch it. She goes, I have time. Okay. So she watched the first like 20, 30 minutes of Raya in the morning. And then we watched the end of it whenever she got home from daycare in the last four days. Today was the first day I did not watch it. And you feel empty inside. I do a little like (laughs) I, I do. And I, I I don't want to give away too much because I don't know if you'll watch it. It's really good. Oh, Darian, it's so good. And it's it's a Disney movie about Disney princesses, like two Disney princesses, technically. And there is no singing. Feed the machine. Feed the machine. No singing. None whatsoever. And it's they're not traditional princesses in any way, shape, or form. The two authors or like the the writers for this one, Adele Lim and Ki Gwen. Ki Gwen is a playwright. He's he's a Vietnamese American playwright that I have done a decent amount of research on. And one of his plays, She Kills Monsters, is like the play that if I had like I would give my left arm to be able to direct that show with a great cast. Like Mm. I, I love that show so much and it's him and his wife wrote the script for this. And it is a story entirely about like Southeast Asia, varying like amalgamations of cultures and every single actor, like voice actor is of Asian descent Except for one, Alan Tudyk plays the little pangolin, which we let it go because he just makes noises 
and that's fine. But all of the main characters are played by actors of Asian descent. And it's just like, this is so, this is the representation that I love so much. And these characters are so good. There's a con baby that just struck me as the funniest thing for some reason. The dragons, like Sisu the dragon is so lovable and sweet. And just, it's a really, really good film about like how the, how broken the world is. Oh, shoot. I mean, most Disney films, you know, talk do that in some shape, form or fashion, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm taking anything away. from. No, no, no. I totally agree. But it's it's definitely one of those things where it was like this is it's handled in a slightly different way. It's kind of hard to describe. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something where the two like the the protagonist and antagonist, if you will, they are perfect foils to one another where if the roles had been reversed, like if the there's a dragon gem that is this, the heart of this whole thing. And if the roles had been reversed, if the dragon gem had been held in fang rather than in heart, they would have very easily could have been the other. They could have very easily been each other's character. Like they are so similar and it really is so well done. Highly suggest. That's hmm. like an unofficial extra recommendation is go watch Raya and the Last Dragon. Fair enough. You know, you again, like I said, continue to feed the machine that is the house of the mouse. Yeah. So, okay. So remember how I was telling you about Gravity Falls the other week? Yeah. And Alex Hirsch, the author or like the creator and writer and everything of, of Gravity Falls. Yep. So uh we are in june we are in pride month and the house of mouse posted something i don't know where it was i guess it was on twitter maybe where it's like mickey mouse characters with all the different pride colors behind it and like be yourself blah 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 blah. and then alex hirsch retweeted it and basically was like yeah be in front of your face this is what they give you. But behind closed doors, they get mad at all of the writers who were trying to insert gay characters or any sort of those conversations. And like, he's just like fucking went in. And, and I was just like, excuse me, Alex Hirsch. I didn't know I could love you more. I didn't know I could. And I do now. That's right. Just hearing like, yeah, uh, so they constantly are trying to to make sure that there's not a massive amount of gay representation and that if there is gay representation, there is an equal, if not more, amount of non-gay representation. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. It's so good. Hey, again, house of the mouse. I know. Right. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Well, what about you? What did you do this week? Oh, you know, not, not, well, you know, nothing major. I guess, you know, the continued, you know, battle, you know, in, in Cicada Geddon. There's a, oh, God. There's a sci-fi movie, right? That low-budget sci-fi channel I'm movie right there. I'm surprised no one's done that yet. These things are insane. Yeah, I'm sure there is, and I just haven't found it yet. You know, it's, it's but I doubt if, if there was a movie called Cicada Geddon, I swear on all that's good. If I ever see this out there, see that movie title out there, I'm suing whoever did it because that's where you got it from is here. Dude, for real, like 
there is a part of me that totally understands being held like underground for 17 years, coming out into the world and doing nothing but screaming. But holy cow. Yeah. The, the, like with the windows closed, we've got like windows closed window AC systems, like units going on full blast and you can still hear those fuckers. Yeah. I, I gotta be, it's, it's, it's bad. I mean, have you, have you actually, when one is, when one is making those noises, have you actually had one fly directly by your ear? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like you're saying to yourself, oh my God, I'm going to develop tinnitus. Yeah. And I have a bird feeder like right next to one of our windows. Have you ever heard one of those making that noise while a bird simultaneously is trying to eat it? No, but you know. It's hell, the stuff of nightmares. You know, but you know, no, I have not. But hell yeah. with To, to that bird. I hope that bird won. Oh, it did. Good. It and, did. I, and, and I hate, you know, the, you know, as a, as someone who fancies his vehicle being in pristine condition, <laughs> there are two things on this planet that are the bane of my existence. <laughs> and those would be bug splatter uh-huh. and bird crap. Oh, this is the worst possible thing that I, I could be experiencing right now <laughs> the, the i i made the mistake today while i was driving to work of you know how sometimes like your your front windshield's a little dirty so you do like the little window washer thing where he just kind of like spits the stuff out and then whatever i did that not realizing that there was a cicada like uh, yeah. stuck to one of my windshield wipers and you smeared it <laughs> smeared that shit all over my front windshield yeah and you gotta I put some so elbow to get that off yeah <laughs> the, the windshield wipers they do you know like the goggles in that episode of uh, the simpsons the goggles they do nothing oh that's it was so the, bad yeah so it's just it, it is it is awful i hate it yeah it's just it's, it's it, and and to top it all off and i'll get to my my nerd thing in a minute i'm sitting there as I'm ducking and dodging these cicadas and I'm getting in the car and doing all of this stuff, I'm sitting there minding my business, you know, starting up my car, getting ready to leave. And what descends from the, he- well, not the heavens, but what descends from my car, this big ass white spider. And I said, oh, hell no. No. Yeah. No. And I'm, I'm sitting to myself. Fire, you get a new car. Yeah. I'm sitting to myself. Like, <laughs> How did you get in here? <laughs> and then I said to myself, see, this is why my car has the name it does because it's, it's the perfect name. It's the steel spider. And this is exactly exactly why. (laughs) Because the amount of spider crap I've had to deal with since getting that car is just is beyond me. It's it's mind blowing. I'm not going to lie. I do miss the pearl. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Like, and while I do not miss working with you there, I do miss both of us jetting our way out at the same time. (laughs) From two different parking garages and constantly driving down the same road, passing one another at various oh. intervals. Oh, I'll never forget that one day where I just did the the uh, like the fingers to the eyes thing and just kept looking at you <laughs> until you saw me. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, that was fantastic. That was good timing. Yes, that was perfect. Yeah. Oh, I felt like you know, dude, taking the pictures and then sending them to you—that would have probably mm-hmm. been probably been dangerous. So I had to just ideally yeah. hope for you to notice me in the week. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just like to imagine how long you were doing it, waiting for me to notice. But hey, hey, long enough. Yes. But I say all this that to say, you know, I engaged in some cinematic therapy as a result of all this, 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 this bug, these bugs. Because if there's one thing I hate, it is a winged demon. Mm -hmm. I hate an insect. I hate Mm -hmm. anything that has more than four legs. For understandable reason. For plenty of reasons, right? Mm -hmm. So I rewatched one of my favorite science fiction films of all time, Starship Troopers. (gasps) Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, absolutely. You know, now that is a you funny know, one. Oh, of course. Yeah, political hell, yeah. The political satire is just masterful in that movie. And yeah. it just gets worse as the movies yeah. go on, but especially the third one. But yeah, you know, watching that and what and you know, with the 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 motto, the only good bug is a dead bug. Like yeah. Argh! That's real. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that is, yes. That's something to live by. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I refer to that. I quote that movie quite a lot as well. And hey, it's almost 25 years old. Whoa. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Numbers are stupid. Well, time is time is is just a construct. It's true. Yeah, that's right. That's why circle. That's why your daughter was able to say, I have time to watch this 90-minute movie. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) And she was she was serious. And (laughs) here we are. I have time. Okay, okay. Say no more. Yep, let's do it. Oh, but goodness, I did that. And then the other thing was I watched last Friday was Joe June. So that was the uh, Hasbro uh, reveal for G.I. Joe for the month. Oh, um, oh, how, okay. how hilarious it was. It's always a, it's always a pleasure to watch. Yeah. yeah it's just this. Is you it? Just, you just sit there and you just shake your head. <laughs> Love Entertainment. Had the popcorn ready and everything. <laughs> oh, I so, can yeah. only imagine. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's what I did. Now, do you have any, you, you kind of had a roundabout recommendation, but do you have an additional one? I do. I do. So this is something else that I watched. Darian, have you ever heard or seen a Bo Burnham performance? I do. I'm horrible with names. He's a comedian. Um, I'm even worse with comedians because okay. I really don't ever know about them until somebody tells me long after. Totally the fact. fine. Totally fine. So there's two layers there. Okay, keep uh-huh. peeling back the okay. So Bo Burnham, when he first started doing stuff, it was probably five, six years ago, something like that. Oh yeah, I don't. Well, know. no, it would have been older than that. He stopped doing things about five, six years ago. Oh. Um, so it was probably about ten years ago whenever he started doing stuff and like putting out albums and going on tours and doing specials and things of that nature, doing the comedy route. And he does musical comedy in many cases. So like he'll have his comedic bits, but he'll also do whole things. Like he'll do a little bit of prop comedy. He'll do just your regular, like, here's my bit sort of thing. He'll also do, but his like bread and butter is he writes songs and the lyric aspects is where you get the comedy and most of his stuff is like really dark comedy like Mm. looking at the world and pointing at the very like pointing really hard at the terrible things in the world and then like shoving a stick in that wound a couple of times and just being like hey isn't this funny sounds like my kind of comedy okay no okay 
cool. But he he stopped performing for about five or six years because he started getting uh, he talks about it in this in what I'm going to recommend. Uh, I guess he started getting like panic to having panic attacks or anxiety attacks on stage, which is not really ideal. So he was like, you know, what? I need to stop. I need to take care of myself. And then in January of 2020, he was like, you know what? You're you're much better now. I think it's time that you get back out there and you go back on tours and you start performing again. Worst timing ever to realize this. (laughs) Yes, yes, that is. So he started working on this special and it's called Inside and it's up on Netflix and it was released like within a, a like a week ago. And it is an hour and a half of the funniest existential dread I have experienced in a long time. My my performance studies brain just was like going nuts the whole time. Like I could teach a whole class just on the meta theatrical performativity of this like post postmodernist interpretation of like comedic performance. Like I could teach a whole class on this thing. It's so good. And it, the songs are usually pretty catchy. Like I've had white woman's Instagram stuck in my head ever since watching it. And it's, it's just so good and it's so refreshing. And it's also something where it's like, it's, it's very vulnerable. And I told Alex, cause I made Alex watch it last night. <laughs> cause I needed to talk to somebody about it. And it's one of those things where there's so much of it that the like the feeling I'm getting from some of these bits is so similar to Dave Chappelle's last set that he did right before he was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done doing comedy. Yeah. Because no one's getting what I'm saying. Like I am getting to the heart of real fucking issues. And everyone is just like laughing and not paying attention to the depth that I am presenting to you. Like it had that vibe in so many cases, like the reality and the vulnerability and the pain of the creator was so palpable in this. But at the same time, like it was it was comedy like that's what it is. And it's like he does this whole song like one of the first songs is like how he's going to heal the world through comedy and he's constantly like he's making fun of himself for thinking that that's even a possibility oh that's not well. <laughs> like yeah, it's I mean, so good yeah i mean like i said those are you know at least in my experience my experience in listening because i'm very I, I think i've told you this before and i i tell anybody this i am extremely you know for lack of a better word snooty when it comes to my comedy and i say <laughs> that because I don't want to waste my time with somebody that's not funny, which is why I'm so selective. And it takes me yeah. so long that's to really get on board with somebody. And usually somebody will have to point a show out to me. It's like, Hey man, this is funny. You really need to watch this. And then I'll do it. And then I'll, you know, I was like, and then I'll usually like, it. and I said, okay, I'm going to go listen to some more stuff. I mean, Chappelle was like, I mean, I, I mean, I knew about Chappelle long before. Yeah. So he was, he was one of the very few in my lifetime that I said, that I kind of knew from the ground up, like, okay, yeah. I know this dude is funny. I'm just going to go through. But the other people, like uh, when I was younger, I didn't know about, really didn't know about George Carlin. So somebody told me oh, about him. Yes. And then I was hooked in. And then, yeah. uh, you know, Mitch Hedberg and 
<laughs> Obviously, Richard Pryor, I knew. Mitch fucking Hedberg and the duck is still one of my favorite things. Yep. And then now, I think the last person, I, you know, Louis Black is another one. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's, yes. And it's very similar as far as like the vibe of just like this existential dread and like the world is terrible and all I can do is make a joke and it's probably not the right thing to do but that's what I'm doing and here we are yeah oh yeah yeah. and that's why like you know so many of the in this day and age so many of the good what I would classify as the good comedians they're just they're fading away because you know, that's why with, with, I had a conversation the other day with somebody. I said, my God, can you imagine someone like George Carlin or Richard Pryor oh in God. this day and age Richard being able Pryor, to do doing a set? He would, he'd have a field day. Oh, absolutely. And then you, Paul Mooney just, you know, just died a couple of weeks ago. You're just like, you, I mean, he's another one. It's just like just freaking geniuses. Yep. So that's good. So I'll have to. I'll have to add him to the list and I'll have to give that a give that a, a watch slash listen. If nothing else, like one of my new favorite things, and I know, and this is like so counter to what I think he was attempting to do, because I don't think that the people that are making these TikToks fully understand what he was attempting to do with that song, White Woman's Instagram. <laughs> but it's a bunch of white women who are showing like clips from the from his from inside and then spliced with like their photos from their Instagram and then them going, uh, so (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Like it is, it's shot for shot. Like it's so it's, it's ridiculously funny. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be sure to look that up. Let me know what you think. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I don't even remember the last comedian i latched on to i think it was probably it was probably bill burr that's the last one. Oh, okay yeah yeah sweet well what about you what's your what's your recommendation well since i castigated you about talking about the house of the mouse it's only appropriate <gasps> that i bring up something from the house of the mouse yay <laughs> so before, <laughs> why not right you know so um, as of this recording, it hasn't started yet, but by the time uh, this comes out, it'll start. It'll, the we'll Loki? Yeah, we'll be about two or three episodes in. So, yeah, that's right. Loki, that's uh, right. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, because I, I have high expectations because of what Kevin Feige said about it, you know, uh, having a significant impact on the MCU. So I'm expecting a lot of stuff to get tied together i'm expecting a lot of easy i'm expecting a i'm expecting a bleep ton of easter eggs for this yeah i want easter eggs i want cameos i want more of hulk smashing loki like that sort of animation like i want that happening well i'm I'm, the goofy aspects mixed with like the really deep stuff yeah Um, I i wonder how many cameos that we'll actually get i i i, I would think it would be on the very low end maybe mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a handful but who because i think this one is only is this only six episodes too i believe <gasps> really? so i i don't know maybe it's maybe it's nine i can't remember I can't, or eight or i can't keep keep up yeah, i thought the they were doing closer to a wandavision site aside okay so it'd be about eight then wandavision was eight yeah and uh falcon winter soldier was uh six 
Just still haven't watched. I really did not hear a lot of positive things. I don't know who you were talking to because that was that that was a solid that was a solid behind show. All right. Yeah, and then of course you know I mean hell it had backrock backrock the leaper. I mean for God's sake. I know. Zemo. I was going to say I've got to watch the Baron Zemo dance in reality, so it's fine. I mean, let's be real. Yeah. But uh, but no, and, and then the uh, the comic, the damn near comic accuracy of the, of, the, of, uh, of Sam's costume. Shh, man, come <laughs> on, you need to get up out of here. Cool. Anyway, but yeah, so that is my recommendation. Obviously, I will be watching it when it comes out at <laughs> when it releases at the the butt crack of <laughs> of dawn. Yeah, you will because that's what I do. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that's my my recommendation going to be ushering in a new era of the marvel universe so it's going to be i'm waiting to see all of the, the cool connections and what have you agreed that's going to be a fun one. Oh, absolutely absolutely all right well Brittany, mm-hmm. are you ready mm-hmm. Brittany, darian i said are you ready i said mm-hmm. okay I, was, I needed a little bit more energy there just, mm, <laughs> just not really good and, but you know hey you know hey it's I'm your here. journey. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Let's do it's it. It's your journey. Well, go team. Okay. Well, thank you for not saying go sports. I appreciate that. <laughs> I thought about it. I know you did. <laughs> so in, in this episode, by the time this will come out a couple of days before Father's Day. So boom, win, winning. We're actually doing it right this time. <laughs> <laughs> right. As opposed to ex post facto. That's right. So we are going to be doing, we're going to be talking about some of our, you know, favorite and potentially not so favorite fathers in the nerdosphere. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just all over the place. Like, I'm in sitcom land. I'm in comic land. You know, I'm in anime land. You know, I, I've got some honorable menchies because apparently that's the thing that people used to say was menchies instead of mention. You know, mention. I still don't like it. I don't either because, well, you thought it was some men sort of, cheese <laughs> yeah which i like the cheese even, of men it just sounds I'm, terrible i'm not even i don't want to, that i'm not even going to walk into your brain to even come close to understanding what kind of visualization you've come up it's with. not yeah. great yes yeah, so it's you not just great leave, you leave that there yeah okay. yeah so we're going to talk about fathers because mm-hmm. it's it seems only appropriate right we love them we have yeah. them that's right. Yeah. Okay. So with that said, who is your first father? Oh, you want me to start? Oh yeah, of course. I got I got to know. I'm always interested to know like, okay, what is she what is what is she going to come up with? All right. So my first father is Bowser. <laughs> and I think he's a great father. <laughs> Raising a bunch of maniacs, okay? No. So here's the thing. So yes, he is a villain and he his his children are villains too technically in this Mario world. But in Bowser's Fury, which just came out not too long ago, the whole thing is that Bowser kind of like loses his mind and starts freaking out and baby Bowser, Bowser Jr. comes to Mario and is like, "Uh, my dad's really weird, like he's usually super freaking cool and like helpful and wonderful." And he's not right now. So I'll work with you if you bring back my real dad. Like they're his kids love him and uh-huh. appreciate him. And I mean, he gives all his kids castles so they can like live That's their true. lives. 
like there's they're autonomous creatures separate from him but still able to come to him uh in their times of need he is still like the protective dad that will fuck some stuff up if he needs to he is also kind of like an adoptive father for a ton of these little creatures as well so maybe like maybe Wolfgang isn't his like by birth by any means but like he's kind of like a like an adoptive father for him and for Larry and all those others so it's like he is a great dad and I think that's where I want to start off okay that's that's actually okay that's an interesting entry I I didn't um yeah, I would have never thought about Bowser. Well, yeah, I, I know. Sh- shame on me because <laughs> of who I'm talking to. So that, yeah, that's really shame on me. I named my dog after Bowser. Yeah, I don't know what the frack I was thinking. So you know, King also, of the Koopas. Yeah, yeah. I knew Nintendo would rear, would rear its head, but I didn't mm-hmm. know where. And, right off the right off the bat, we started off starting off high. There's only one way to go and it's down. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah. This is going to get, this is going to get interesting. Okay. Just kidding. I've got some good ones you'll recognize too. I, yeah, tried, I, got to, some... I tried to stick with things that you would know. There are some that are a little out there, but I tried to stick with things you might recognize. Well, you know, it's not always about me. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. My first one is Michael Kyle played by, uh, played by, uh, Damon Wayans and my wife and kids. Okay, so that is a great show. Yes, <laughs> totally underrated. Absolutely, that's wife, exactly what I have written here. His Thank wife you. is literally the mom that I am going to be, and I currently am. <gasps> I will break into Broadway show tunes in the middle of the kitchen, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Yeah. That show was stunningly wonderful. Such a good depiction of a family. And I agree. I think he was amazing. Michael Kyle was a great, great dad, a great dad to his kids, a great husband to his wife, like a yep. good friend. Like he was, he was so good. Yeah. He eats all of the boxes for what you would want a, a, you know, a father to be. You know, he, yeah. he checks all of those boxes. Right. And, you know, he, he, you know, the, you know, you got the heart of gold type of thing mm-hmm. going on. Obviously you do have, you have, you know, firm, but fair. Mm-hmm. Yes. He could be over the top and trying to illustrate his points. Yep. There's a level, there's a significant level of sarcasm, which, oh, 100%, I, which I adore. appreciate. <laughs> you see the differences, you know, cause you know, he has the, you know, three children, you know, two, yep. the two daughters and the one side, you see the, the variation within his own style from, from mm-hmm. child to child and how yep. it is that he has to try to connect with them and help them with whatever it is that they're dealing with. So you, it's just, you know, whether it, it just depends from, from child to child and it's freaking hilarious. It, the, the, the impersonations that he always would do. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> I'll, and I'll, I'll never forget what she said. Uh, she said, if you can't trust you, if you can't trust your kids, who can you trust? Like I haven't trusted any, trusted anybody since Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter. I said, <laughs> "Oh my god!" It's, <laughs> so you know the biting humor that he would have. It's just yes. like, and for someone like me who doesn't really, who doesn't really latch on to sitcoms, because like, mm-hmm. this is one of the last sitcom traditional sitcoms that I watch from start to finish. Yeah. So this one definitely holds a special place for me. And like I said before, it is just, it is a criminally underrated show. I 100% agree with that statement. 
it was so good oh yeah it just yeah i need to get that on dvd i don't know what i'm doing well i was just gonna ask do you where where can you watch that like can you stream that somewhere i have no idea is it in syndication somewhere i have no idea because you know i i i i I watch five, five, six channels and half of them are just sports. So I, yeah. I wouldn't know. That's valid. If it, if it was, yeah, if it was or not, I'd have to look it up. See, but I again, don't have channels. Is it, well, you're, well, you're not missing anything because every day I keep getting an error on, on mine. Like, what, what am I doing? Lovely. Yeah. But yes, Michael Kyle, that's, that's my yeah. first entry. That is a solid starter. That's a really <laughs> solid starter. Definitely. Okay, so who's your who's your next one? Who's your next father? Okay, so I have figure. yes, and that's that's the thing. Like I've got some that are like more of like a metaphorical father. Well, it's like we talked about last time with with uh, a couple of weeks ago with motherhood, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it does not have to be. You're not bound or restricted by blood. Yep. So I'm gonna say we we go with. I'm just gonna get both of the Nintendo things done and over with. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to say our next dad is Shigeru Miyamoto, the creator of Mario okay. and Zelda and so many other wonderful parts of the, your favorite Nintendo family. The, the, um, the, the, a godfather of gaming, if you will. Yes. Yes. 100%. Like he, he, his, he created, he was, these are his brainchild children, many children. He is the father of many children. That's a good one. Honestly, the best thing about him that is so daddish to me is in everything that he comes to that is in like a like a press conference or an E3. Rest in peace, E3. It's dying if it's not already dead. But like all of those sorts of things he would come to where they were. Maybe they were all like in an English language like space. And he doesn't know very much English and he's never like he's never even to my knowledge he doesn't like try to learn that and become fluent in it because he doesn't need to and I don't blame him for that 100% so he's he usually will come in and he'll just like walk around like your dad that's just so proud of what everyone else is doing and like he'll just wave big smiles he'll play with the toys that are on stage like even if it's not something he's supposed to touch he'll just touch it because it's cool looking and he'll play a game and he'll look around and everyone lets him do it because it's just like if your old dad decided to do something and everyone's just like good job dad we love you and, and he's got the clout just, too exactly and meanwhile he's just like everyone here you're here partially because of me and i'm so proud of everything that you're doing good yeah. job like he's just so happy that's an that's an excellent choice i can't i can't so i can't good. knock that because i mean while even though i'm somebody that had the atari yeah, yeah i know the, you know nintendo is where you know my gaming acumen you know what that doesn't mean much these days but that's where it took off was was nintendo and that's so many people's stories because nintendo is the console made for families it's the console aimed towards younger groups of people that as you get older you can still go back to and you can still play those other games and those titles on a nintendo station but their bread and butter is games that are children friendly so totally makes sense and those games, as much as I, I mean, I know I rail on Nintendo a lot, but 
they, they'll, they'll, when I'm, when I'm dust in the ground, <laughs> they, Mario, Mario will, will still, still live on. Mario, Zelda will remain. <laughs> it, will still, it will still be here. That's right. And I'm so happy about it. Okay. They, they, that's good. All right. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kakarot from Dragon Ball Z. You don't like carrots? I don't. Well, I, I I actually love carrots. I enjoy carrots quite a bit, actually, practically every day. They're delicious. Yes, but that's we're not. You're not. We're not doing this again, Brendan. This okay. is not happening. Not here. Mm-hmm. Not now. We already did. I, I know, but right here. Go. So yes, Goku from Dragon Ball Z. So wait, this Goku dude, and Kakarot are the same person? You know good and well that they're the same person. No, I legitimately did not. Really, we sat right here. <laughs> and when I was talking to you about Dragon Ball Z, I explained that his Saiyan name was Kakarot. I don't think I paid attention. Well, oh, you really? <laughs> Surprising I, I, no one. Right, okay, I'm cool. So, 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 right so Kakarot. We, yes. we don't like Kakarot. No, we don't. Okay. Because Kakarot, you know, as you are aware, you know, Goku is a... Uh, a hero of sorts, you know, when these threats come to earth, you know, he, you know, is one of, if not the strongest fighter. And he is the one that has is tasked with, with stopping these threats. Mm-hmm. So there have been many times where he has to leave his family, namely okay. his son, his son, Gohan, his wife, Chi Chi to go off to fight these, 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 these beings. So in Dragon Ball Z, the, not the very first series, but when he's an adult, he has to go fight Raditz. Okay. And he, leaves his son oh i'm sorry well actually i'm sorry no raditz actually kidnaps his son because again good job goku so and he has to obviously get him back then he you know of course goku gets killed trying to protect them and stop raditz you know along with piccolo uh-huh. and then he's going and he's doing his training he's always willing to go off and do training and leave you know chi chi behind to raise gohan and all of this other type of stuff and it's just really awful awful parenting and they fight inside a salad bowl they do not fight inside a salad bowl okay that does not happen you know constantly putting you know Gohan in danger, and then Goten was his other son, and he's you know wanting them to you know, essentially they end up becoming fighters of their on their own, and then well not on their own, but they become fighters themselves, and then they're constantly put into danger. Obviously, this is worrying Chi Chi because she just wants them to be able to have good lives, and especially mm-hmm. Gohan to just go to school, have a good solid job, not be you know constantly in danger and you know the threat of death at his door mm-hmm. you know and, and but this this is the hero for so many people that watch anime and it is disgusting i'm sorry well you know you don't watch this because this You're is right, too much punch, punchy 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 bang bang or whatever mm-hmm. it is that you say that's but correct I, <laughs> but i had to throw this out there my disgust and my disdain for kakarot I mean, he does sound like a pretty crappy father. He is just just terrible. Terrible. Yeah. I'll give him some points every now and again. He comes through, which is fine. But at the at a moment's notice, just dropping everything and going, oh, let's go train. Like, really? This is what we're doing. Parenting 101. Don't do that. Well, I mean, well, I mean, right out of the gate, you know, <laughs> Gohan gets kidnapped by Raditz. Like, not starting this off well. Yeah, no, that's probably not a good start. Good nope. signs. 
<laughs> it's not. So there we go. I had to throw that entry in there. Kakarot. Cool. This is one that you will probably not recognize. You don't know. Um, no, I I know this because this is not from a AAA game. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're out. Yeah, that's right. Snip. So there was a game and it is called Dream Daddies. And it's a daddy dating simulator. Oh. And you play a dad. <laughs> And you go around and you're you like you move into this new house with your daughter and your wife has passed away a while ago. Oh god. And you are your daughter's getting ready to like like she's she's in high school, she's older, getting ready to like go off to college age, like she's older. And you've got a really great relationship with your daughter. And you're moving to this new place. And in this cul-de-sac, it is filled with other dads. Some of there's, I think there's only one that is married. All the others are single dads too. And it is a dating simulator where you go around and you end up dating all of the different dads that you're interested in. And all of the dads are delightful. But the main one that I really wanted to do is just like the main character that you you are playing. Like your dad is so good. It is such a good dad. Like he has such a good relationship with his daughter and like he's he drops everything for her and it's very very sweet and just a super fun story that also gets a little raunchy, like raunchier than I expected it to at points, but it's a really fun game. Where do you find this stuff? Well, do you remember me playing Monster Prom? Yes, I remember. So it's the same game studio. It's the same group of people. (laughs) So they did Monster Prom 1 and 2, and then they've also done Dream Daddies. And I have the dad cut, so it's like the extra... Like there's extra bits and things that you can do. Um the dad rector's cut, I think is what it's called. But anyway, no. so it's <laughs> so good and so much fun. And it's one of those things where it's like, I usually like it whenever I'm just feeling sad. Sometimes I'll just hop into that game for like 20 minutes and just go day to dad. This is just it's so good. <laughs> you know, is this, is this payback for me throwing Scorponok in there for Mother's Day? Is that what this No, is? I don't think so. Because, like, this is this game is so good for representation purposes. Like, it, there's, it's just such a good game. So this is partially me telling more people about Dream Daddy so that they go out and they play this game and they keep making more of these things. Because it's a really fun, good game for a dating sim but also because i wanted to hear your response to the fact that there is a video game that is literally called a daddy dating simulator like that's the that's the subtitle is a daddy dating simulator what are we doing and see this is why and you constantly ask me about these this is why i do not do triple a but it's good darian it's so good i don't don't need to find out. The game is so good. I, I doubt that. Great dads. 10 out of 10 would date dads. 10 out of 10. Okay. What does IGN give it? Is it even on IGN's radar? Uh, well, probably. IGN. I think it is. <laughs> does anybody care about what IGN says anymore? That's the yeah, question. That's a whole other conversation for another day. But yeah, yes. so I'm going to say the dream daddy daddies. 
Your turn. <laughs> the tween daddy that I the tween daddy that what and it's is got going- the best little like theme song. It's like ooh, and it's daddy. a bop, I'm sure. That's it. Like that's it. it just plays on repeat. It's so good. I would I would hoist my machine in the air and shake oh. it violently and just say, why is this a thing? Darian, don't hate on what you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of my gimmick. I think I need to. I know. I know. Oh, God. Your turn. (laughs) Okay. This is going to be what this is one of my favorite movies of the 80s. This is one of my favorite comedy movies and one of the most underrated, you know, unheard of movies that I that I know. Okay. It is Richard Pryor as Arlo Pear in Moving. Okay. So I I love Richard Pryor, but I have not seen that film. Most I, most people have not. This one flies under the radar a lot, especially with someone with Richard Pryor's catalog. So it's understandable. But this is a hidden gem. So the whole the premise of the story is so Arlo Pear, he's a father of three, you know, you know, wife and kids, you know, father of three. And he essentially has to move his family from New Jersey to Idaho to take a job. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, this this was not expected so he has to move his family across i mean it's that's a, that's a significant distance not across yes. the country but you know new jersey to idaho that is pretty that is rather significant yeah, that's, yeah. and if it's anybody has in ever distance but also in culture <laughs> yes oh yes <laughs> now if somebody people understand that the horrors associated with moving let alone moving across multiple states mm-hmm. so he is dealing with this. He has a, a, a psycho neighbor that he has to deal with. Okay. This is when he's in, still in New Jersey. So again, he's, he's getting everything together. He's picking up his family and their whole life moving to Idaho. So, you know, new job, new neighborhood, new school, twin brother of the same psycho neighbor is his new neighbor. His new neighbor in Idaho. Oh, God. That coupled with the fact that he had to pay somebody, he had a sob. He had to pay somebody to drive, the, to transport the sob from New Jersey to Idaho. Mm-hmm. And of course, that doesn't go very well. Mm-hmm. And then the movie, he, he selects a moving company that is headed up by convicts out of, you know, fresh out of prison. And mm-hmm. they basically do him dirty in terms of moving his crap. They, they held his stuff hostage. And if you, again... As somebody who's been in that situation now, this movie, as the youth like to say, hits a little different now. (laughs) (laughs) So he basically gets to the point where enough is enough. And the reason that I I highlighted him as a father is because like anybody, you know, he's doing these things, you know, for the better of his family. Right. You know, they've already gone through hell and back from having to uproot their entire life. And the simplest things you want those things to be in place. You want your family to feel secure. You want your family to feel safe. You want your family to feel settled. Mm -hmm. So he just goes off the rails and he tracks down the movers, basically beats the living crap out of them. Okay. Now, granted, this is a regular nine to five dude. He's an engineer for God's sakes. Okay. (laughs) And he is just, he's like, he enough is enough. So he beats the hell out of the moving company guys to get his stuff back. He secures and locates his sob and gets that back. And he does not take any bleep from, from his new neighbor. So awesome. it, it's, 
it's it's just a I loved the movie as a as a kid because it was just it was just it was just insane. And it just like I said, it hits different now. And then the father aspect associated with it. Yes, it was just funny stuff as a kid, but now when you're older and you see it, you're just like, okay, get yeah, like the dude is just you get it. Yeah, he's just he's just trying to he's just trying to settle his family. That's all he's trying to do. Everything that he has done has yeah. been for his family. Yeah, it's a little closer to home when you're older. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. It's 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 it is a it's a classic and I wish I could find the damn DVD. That actually sounds fun. I'm gonna oh, have to look would. that one up. Oh, it is fun. I'm 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 probably gonna end up having to break down and buy it digitally, even though I don't want to do that. <laughs> do what must be done. What do you have next? So my next one is uh from a lonely little town in Indiana, played by David Harbour, good old Sheriff Jim Hopper ah. from Stranger Things. <laughs> he, AKA Red Guardian. Yes. Well, that's a whole other thing. So, um, still works. I feel like he is a great dad to Eleven. And he's got some extra layers that he has to deal with. Mm-hmm. He definitely <laughs> does. And for someone that is literally like he's it's not like he he went out wanting to adopt a kid. It's not like he had a kid of his own accord. This is a kid that was dropped on his doorstep almost literally. And he steps up and becomes that father figure that she needs and that family that she needs and does his best. He does his damnedest to do well by her. And he fails a lot of times, but he admits when he's messing up and he always comes back. And like, and that's that's something that I really appreciate in his his performances and the, this depiction of a dad is a dad that is able to come back and like be vulnerable with his his screen daughter here, but also like admit when he was at fault and find ways of compromise and still be protective, still be supportive, but also be strict when necessary. (laughs) Like he's just a good dad that was not expecting to ever be a dad in this case. Well, in this case, um, like he's got his own hardships that, I mean, like he was a dad and, to have gotten to the place where he what he is in life in the in when we get to this part of stranger things he does not want to be a dad again i don't think right like there's there's a lot of emotional baggage that comes with being a parent for him and they he and 11 come into each other's lives in this way to fill voids for each other and it starts out that way and it becomes something that is so much deeper and more interesting than I ever could have expected. Well, yeah. I mean, and that's the whole deal with parenting, right? It's like, there's no, there's no, there's no, the, 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 you know, the cliche saying, you know, there's no manual or, you know, there's no, it's, it's no matter who it is that you are and where you start, you know, if, if, if intrinsically if your motivation is to be a good parent, you know, you, you it's, it's on the job training mm-hmm. every day, because not only is, are you dealing with 
you know, a, a human being that you have to care for and love and, and nurture and protect, you know, you're having to deal with, you know, not every child is the same, obviously, mm-hmm. because we're all as people, none of us are the same. So you were constantly in a state of on the job training from with with a child. And then if you got more than one, I mean, yep. <laughs> you know, you know, having to manage that from child to child. So there's no perfect, there's no perfect way. And then you can think, even if you do everything the right way, you still, the good parents are still going to wonder like, okay, you know, I, I think I did everything the best way that I could in the right way. And, and I'm, I don't know. And I'm not sure. Yeah. It, you know, there's, there's going to be that, there's a potential for that constant, you know, worry. And then, you know, for somebody who's reluctant, like him, Hopper, you know, it's, you know, he, morally, it's like, I know I need to do right by this kid. And then at the same yep. time, it's like, I don't want to be the one to do it because I don't think I'm capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't have it in me to, you know, to do for it. For various reasons to for be able to do reasons. that right now. Yeah. yeah. But he sees that it needs to happen and he steps up, even though it's incredibly difficult for him. Mm-hmm. And he does a pretty good job, I would think. And I, I felt like he needed to be included. Nice. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you can't wait for season four. I know. Good God. They're going to be in college. I know. <laughs> By the time this comes out. And Hopper's going to be in Russia in two films. <laughs> uh, I can't wait for that to come out either. <laughs> Been ages. Yeah. All right. My next one. So we're talking about, you know, um, father figures, not necessarily mm-hmm. by blood. So I'm going to stick yep. with that. Pat Morita as Mr. Miyagi had to throw him in there. Yeah, that was a good call. Uh-huh. Had to throw him in there because I think if one of the things that sticks out, and it's not that that doesn't happen in other, in other instances in the nerdosphere, but when you think about parenting and, you know, leaving lasting messages and those being, you know, foundations for your children and, and, and uh, them taking some of those things and making them their own. You see that. And the reason why I say I, this sticks out for me for the nerdosphere is because you can see that with Mr. Miyagi and Daniel, because especially because now Cobra Kai going on, pretty much yeah. all of the stuff that he, that Mr. Miyagi taught Daniel, that is, those are things that are incorporated in his life. And even now with him gone in the, in this, in the, uh, in the series, obviously he's still learning things from him. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of part of being a parent, whether, you know, mother, father, whatever. It's like you want to you want to leave your child with meaningful lessons that they can take with them to guide them, you know, as they go through their lives, no matter what stage that is. Yeah. And, you know, he did that. You know, he's you know, he taught him how to, you know, fight, obviously, and defend himself. But he also taught him how to you know, live outside of the, you know, outside of, outside of karate, or he found a way to take those lessons that he had to give through from, uh, you know, in karate and martial arts, you know, to make those things generalizable to his life. It's yeah. Huge stuff, huge stuff. I, I, I think this was a good call. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I had somebody in the same line as that, but I'll leave him in the honorable mentions. <laughs> okay. Well, you're well, actually two people technically, but yeah. So Pat Morita, Mr. Miyagi, Miyagi Do. I mean, you could probably just say Pat Morita and be done, but yes, specifically in that role, that's fine. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Oh, okay. Next one. So 
I'm going to go in that same vein and I'm okay. going to return to Buffy and we're going to say Ripper. Giles. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to say the Ripper. Right. Yeah. Um, he is yeah. another example of a dad, not by blood, but by everything else, a mentor, a friend, but also more than anything like that, that parent figure strict when he needs to be, but also very much like wanting his his daughter figure here buffy to to grow and to be better and to be more than what she sees in herself and he makes a lot of tough decisions that sometimes she doesn't understand and even sometimes whenever i remember whenever i first watched it that whenever he left um like i didn't understand it either like as being the age that i was when i was watching that i was like why the dude like this is not the time (laughs) Uh this is not the time but he left for a very good reason and i realized that she realizes that later and i mean me realizing it later as well as somebody watching the show but he is not afraid of making those decisions that are the best possible choices in the long run for like he's got that foresight like he can think through things that are going to help make buffy stronger Right. And even with the like the quote unquote the controversial decisions that he would make, you know, one in particular, those decisions that he made forced her to find herself. Exactly. And, and, and further secure her footing. Because there has been plenty of times where she's where she's questioned, you know, if she's able to do what she's been tasked with doing. Yep. Especially in that last season. And he basically forces her to realize it. So yes. he's, and, remember, I remember the daggone episode where they said, I'm afraid it falls to you, Buffy. That's yep. what he said. He's like, I, you are the only one with the strength to protect these girls. Yep. That's what he said. And it's not something she wanted to hear because she's so used to having him there to protect her and her coming to that realization. Like it's in, and that's something, I don't know. I just feel like Giles needs to be mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. There's, there's no problem mentioning the Ripper. Not at yeah. all. Okay. Cool. I know I constantly go back to Buffy for so many uh, things, but <laughs> it's, the, it's it's a goat show. Yeah. It's a goat show. Oh man, I have way too many. God, dog. Okay. All right. Okay, I'm gonna go with my my number one, and then okay. I can ra- I can rattle off my honorable mentions later if if we got time. That works. Okay. So much like I said. With Felicia Rashad in uh in as Claire in um in Mother's Day, how it just 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 if you know, you know, she's just mm-hmm. goaded in that same vein, John Amos as James Evans in good times. It's it, 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 <laughs> it's just if you know, you know. That's it. He he is goaded, all right, because he's that father figure where it is it you know. He cares. You know he loves. It's tough love. You 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 kind of concerned. You kind of scared. Like man, <laughs> you you don't want to try him. You don't want to test him because you know you gonna get got. Yeah. All right. If I could if I could just be that frank with it, right? Because it's it's I I appreciate the the stoic. There's a level of stoicism, but there's a level of 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 fervor and passion and fire, for lack of a better term, associated with wanting 
that, you know, his children to have the best life they could possibly have and, and trying to help them understand serious life lessons. And then the idea of, of behaviors and consequences and that, that, well, that's the thing that sticks out the most, right? Because that, that's part of this whole deal with, with raising children. Like, you know, yeah. you need to understand that there are the actions that you, that you engage in, they can have, they get, they, ha- they can have they consequences. Have, yep. That's just the way it is. And I think that's one of the things that just sticks out, you know, like a sore thumb in this show. And when he was playing that character and like I said, James Evans, like I said, growing up, he's just like, man, yeah, I, I don't want this. I, <laughs> it's, 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 it's that whole notion of he's going to be a father of that magnitude. They're going to be on your shoulder when you're out and about. He's like, yeah. Mm. This might not be a good idea. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, and, and it's not in a, in a, in a, obviously in a bad way, but it's a matter of you need to think about what it is that you're going to do before you do it. Yeah. And I'm not really doing it justice because, well, first of all, the character was cut, he, he was cut way too short in being in the show, but whatever, I'm not even going to get into that. <laughs> That's a whole other conversation. But the staying power that James Evans has in the Black community, it's yeah. like that. This is just, Goat father, goat father. <laughs> so there's just something about calling someone a goat father. I mean, I know what you're intending, but it's just yeah, funny in my head. Yeah, it's, it's, that's that's greatest of all time stuff yep. right there. Because yep. he, just, I mean, talking with people, he always a reference point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Always a reference point. <laughs> So that's my that's my number one, James Evans. Nice. Senior. I guess I will say that my number one is also a goat. Well, it's a pair of goats. All right. And not literal goats this time. Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) right. I did do real goat mom for Mother's Day, (laughs) but I'm not gonna do a real goat this time. Yeah, I did. I did. But Um, we don't like her. No, that penguin is terrible. Um, <laughs> Where's the, who's worse, the penguin or Goku? I don't know enough about Goku, but he sounds pretty, pretty crappy. So well, I'm gonna Goku's say at least going to, to be fair, Goku's at least going to, now granted, he, his child may be in, in danger because of it, but at least he's going to fight for him. He's not just going to let him just fall down a mountain and just say, hey, go get my baby. Like he's going to yeah, be the that's, one. Yeah, that's goes, more the penguin mom. Yeah. Yeah, she's not great. So it's the it's a combination. We got double dads here of uh, Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. The fathers of the MCU as we know it. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I mean, you've got Faye and that's fine. You're, but, yeah, well, let's, let's. Like we're, whenever we're now. going to the comic books themselves, like the original Thank material here. Thank you. There we go. Um, we don't want to misinform people. Ooh. We're going with Stanley and Jack Kirby combined, like their powers combined. Okay. All right. Just, I, I don't know what else there is to say oh, other okay. than like <laughs> they created so many of so many amazing characters and storylines and together they like they, they have created something that has become foundational to this whole like genre. Of stuff that we see now, yep. so yeah. I uh, I don't know why that name sounds familiar. Yeah, co-created with Stanley. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll okay. we'll throw all three of them in then. Okay. 
like all right well combo this, gads. okay well this is perfect way for me to round out round out mine so my i'll just do with two of my honorable mentions since they tie in to who it is you were just talking about okay from the same universe and they're pulled you know one is going to be ben parker you got to throw him in there okay okay we, mm-hmm. we all know the quote. We all, I don't need, yeah. to, I, I don't need yeah. to say anymore. Yeah. All right. And then we've okay. got, we've got a, a, well, somebody sneaking in. Norman Osborne. <sighs> That's right. That's right. Norman. And, and I know what you're thinking. I get it. I know what you're thinking here. It's because of hair. Her- no, I don't care. No, nobody cares about Harry Osborne. It has nothing to do with that. This has to do with Norman Osborne, and you know where I'm going because I'm a mark and I don't care. Mm-hmm. Norman Osborne was a bit of a father figure to so many characters mm-hmm. in the in the Marvel comics, specifically Moonstone, mm-hmm. Bullseye, mm-hmm. Matt Gargan, you know, the Swordsman, several of the universe, because you know, at a time where an awful person like Tony Stark you know, was just was just making a mess of the world. Norman Osborn was our protector. Mm-hmm. So he is a father figure, not only to his 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 wonderful thunderbolts, also, you know, you know, Scourge, Ant-Man, Mr. X, you know, and others that, you know, are kind of questionable. <laughs> but whatever. Hey. Is this when you start bringing in like Professor Xavier and Magneto as well? Is like oh no, good dads. Oh, no. Oh no! To hell with them. They're they're not like Norman Osborn. I mean, my goodness, what what have what's Charles Xavier what, and Magneto? What have they ever done? Anyway, okay. <laughs> for another day, save it for another day. Save it for another day, Brittany. It's fine. That's right. What have they done? <laughs> Nothing. So I, I just wanted to toss him in there as my honorable mention, just slipping in right at the tail end because cool. I, I thought it was really important. A, a father figure for so many, giving chances when to, to certain people when nobody else would. Now, granted, they were for his own nefarious purposes and things of that yes. age, but that's beside the yeah. point. Yeah. So that's my that's my last one. Do you have anything extra one. you want to add about Uncle Ben or are we just going to be like, all right, so... I mean, Uncle Ben, yeah, yeah, great he power, is what great he response. Is. Yeah, okay. great power, great responsibility, blah, blah, blah. You did good, kid, blah, blah, blah. You got yeah. it. Sweet. <laughs> Solid. I'm here for it. So I have, I, I still have, like, I could go through some of these. I do I have one more in my back pocket, too, if you need. So. Okay. <sighs> I'll do another power couple. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Gary Gygax and Dave Arneson, the creators of D&D, as we know it. I can't believe that it took you this long to get to that. Yeah. I I was trying to decide if I wanted to do that or not, but yeah, I'm going to go with it. All right. That's that, that is more than reasonable with that one. The granddaddies of D and D. Oh yeah. That, that, that makes tons of sense. I can't knock you for that one at all. Problematic as Gygax especially may be, but yes. (laughs) Well, I don't know that world, so I don't know any of that. Oh, it's <laughs> it, it, he's just a problematic person. Oh, in okay. a lot of different ways. But they they created a game that is quite wonderful and has spawned so many other uh, tabletop role playing games and deserve a mention. Okay. Yeah. All right. La- okay, this will be my last one. Okay, and then I'll just give you like a couple random ones that I know you know. Okay. <laughs> 
Burgess Meredith as Mickey in Rocky. Darian. I know. I don't care. Still haven't seen it. I, 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 you know, and somehow I still talk to you, and I don't know why that is. You know, stranger yeah. things have happened. Ah, stranger things again have yeah. happened in the in the universe. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it, it is baffling to me that you have been on this earth this mm-hmm. long, yeah, and you have not seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway. You know, Mickey was uh, Rocky's tra- was Rocky's trainer, his corner man. Oh, so okay, okay, cool. Yeah, uh huh, exactly. So okay. you know, he just if uh, this is all I'll say. There's a there's a scene in Rocky where it, there's a it's a if you just type in YouTube Rocky motivation speech and then Mickey, it'll probably probably put Mickey in there. Just listen, watch that interaction between Mickey and Rock before his before his fight with Apollo. And that'll tell you the whole story. That's cool. all you need to watch. Okay. Don't worry. I'll send you the link because I know. You I was just going to say, if it's somewhere on YouTube, then maybe I'll be able to see it. Yep. It's on YouTube. <laughs> yep, it's about three, four minutes. If you did that, will that will explain everything. Cool. Sounds fun. Okay. So who else you got? So you definitely have not watched She-Ra. So excuse kind of- me. The more recent one. Oh, no, I have not. Yeah. yeah, no. So you don't know that Bo has two dads and they're delightful. So they're an honorable mention together. Great combo. I know you don't watch Steven Universe, but Greg Universe is definitely a dad that needs to be mentioned for right. putting up with so many things. And it's like one of those moments where it's like, are you a good dad? I think so. But also like protect your kid from time to time and he tries but sometimes it's just not possible um and then the other dad that i felt like needed to be mentioned not necessarily because he's a great dad but just because he's a dad and in all senses of the word uh randy marsh because oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes oh, through it he goes through the he's he takes us on a journey of fatherhood I, throughout all those seasons of South Park. I mean, um, if you wanted to be embarrassed the, as a child, the mother- joys of fatherhood, the 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 highs, the lows, where we we there we, were many lows. Oh, there were, there were. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's many some lows. real lows. Um, when he got served, <laughs> but you know what? He is constantly trying, and <laughs> That's good it's not great. It's not good. It's not great at all. But he is a dad. And we've talked a lot about like really cool, good dads. And you know what? We didn't talk about just like, you know, a dad, like that's maybe mediocre or leaning towards not great, but still trying. And I felt like we needed to do that at least once. So here's Randy Marsh. That's my my gift to you. That is, that is not a gift for is anybody. Is the reminder that Randy Marsh exists. That is not a gift for anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he gets, he, and then when he, Brady, when he's in the, I could never, they'll, they'll just, when he's in the best bar and he's just yelling and screaming. Ah, mm-hmm. ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he's, he is an example of a character that is a dad. First and foremost, but he's also like a full person outside of being a dad. And that's not necessarily a good person. It's the person I wouldn't want to be around. But like he knows who he is. Does he, Brittany? 
I think he does. Does he? It doesn't mean that I like it, but he knows who he is. <laughs> well, he and, should not be pleased. Yeah. Oh. That's, there's your last dad. Oh, your closer right there. The, the, that I is opened the you up with Bowser and I close it out with Randy Marsh. <laughs> uh, that is the most, I, I don't even know if there's a better way to bookend any mm-hmm. of this. Yep, you're welcome. So those are our sub of our. Hey, I didn't give you Jerry. Oh my God. I could have thrown out Jerry. Oh my I God. I gave you Randy. I gave you oh Randy Marsh. Oh my God. Jerry is so. So, so much, much worse. the worst. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. He's, horrible. he's the worst. Jerry's no, the worst. I don't know anybody that watches that show. Well, well, let me let me rephrase that. I don't see anybody online that watches that show. You're the only person <laughs> in my life that I know watches that show. I don't see so anybody ever say anything good about Jerry. No, nobody he's the likes he's Jerry. the absolute worst. But you know what, Randy Marsh? Has a couple of of moments that are that kind of like redeem him, not fully, mind you, that's not even close. Than, that's better but than Jerry. He tries. Yeah. He tries. When you put it in that perspective, oh my God, You're Jerry welcome. is awful. Mm-hmm. He might. He. You know what? He might very well be. Is he the worst nerd dad? If he he's, isn't, he's in the top five. <laughs> he, yeah, he has to be. He has to be. He has to be top five or bottom five in this case. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Oh, tell the fine people where they can find us. Talk about something positive. Because, ah! My God. <laughs> okay, fine. So you can find us on Instagram at Nerd Pastiche, and you can find us on Twitter at Nerd Pastiche Pod. And tell yeah. us about the dads that we forgot. Yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, you know, obviously, you know, we'll talk about, we'll post a couple of dads on the, on the accounts, but oh my God, that's just. This was a horrible... Oh, oh, why did you bring his name up? I didn't talk about the Mandalorian. He's a good dad. Yeah. Yeah, Amando has come a long way. That's he true. He did. He That's did. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we... I see, and I left out Anakin. See, see what I did there? Yeah, there's a reason <laughs> for that. That's very true. Very true. There's, but he's there's still... There's a reason for that. Okay. Last thing. Uh-huh. Anakin or Jerry? As far as, like... Who's the Who worst? I'd want to go out to dinner with me. Who, no, who's the worst? As a person or as a dad? As a dad, who's the worst? Jerry. <sighs> that needs to Anakin be. Anakin comes around. Anakin comes around at the end. <laughs> 40 years? I mean, for like five <laughs> minutes, but he does come around. It takes him a while, but he gets there. So far, and everything that I've ever seen that is Rick and Morty related, and all of the seasons that are out, Jerry don't come around. Jerry don't get cool. Oh. Jerry continues to to be the worst. Do you remember? Okay, I know we're going longer, but this is just what disgusted me. This is what just disgusted me the most with him. Do you remember when the homeless man attacked? Uh, what's oh God? What's the wife's name? Yeah. Yes. Yes. When he, and he was just in. <laughs> yes. Realizing you worthless piece of garbage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's okay. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so yes, so yes, please like us, subscribe, try to find you know find us on the interwebs, mm-hmm. download, leave a comment, tell your friends, shout it from a mountaintop, tell shout your it at dad, tell your dad, you know, <laughs> tell your Uber driver, your pizza delivery person, whoever you can, your dentist, your doctor, and yeah. tell anybody. It doesn't matter. We don't care. <laughs> We're not picky. We're not picky. 
We so just want to curdle your ears. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes, we're going to curdle in your ears. That's right. Our voice is curdle in your ears. That's right. Let's uh, right. soothe you to sleep. So Provide gross. you with with knee slapping laughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. Well, that wraps it up for a Father's Day edition of Nerd Pastiche. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Okay. Independence Day, Harry Connick Jr. No. That's, I mean, that's the one where the aliens come, right? That Bill is Smith correct. Bill Smith is in it. That is correct, yes. Yeah. yeah. And Jeff Goldblum. <gasps> that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another daddy I'm down with. Right, very, very good, very good. <laughs> well, I mean, what the Brindle Flyer? <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. <laughs>